Welcome back, Rebels. Welcome back. Another episode of Just David and Just Adam. Feel a bit, feel a bit naked doing these without the, uh, the comfort <laughs> of a guest to uh, hide behind. But uh, you guys seem to like the first one, so we're going to be doing more. I'm going to open this up with a with a DM that we got recently. Um, I always love now that we've been going for a while. I always love hearing the success stories of people who've like put into action the advice that we've given yeah. them. I just I love it because it's like it's watching your it's watching your babies leave the nest. It's watching your flowers grow. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's really lovely for us. So. Here we go. Hey, y'all. We met at 2019 when I happened to be listening to your podcast whilst walking outside the Apple store and you guys were having a live event inside. Do you remember that? As they were walking down Regent Street, they happened to be listening to our podcast where we'd happened to mention on the intro that, oh, if you want to come along to our event tonight in Regent Street in the Apple store, this is this is when it is. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm literally like right there. Like the coincidence was just so like beautiful yeah it's crazy so she came in right at the end of the event and she came up to us and was like i've missed it haven't i and we were like yeah you have but we'll give you one question so uh she says i introduced myself to you and you gave me one question that i could ask so i was at the total bottom of my career with a breakup and life stuff going on and you gave me the most valuable piece of advice i've ever gotten the three doors so uh, do you want to explain the the three door metaphor yeah, so um, the third door is a book by Alex Benayan, uh, and basically, the to basically save you having to read that book, uh, the theory behind that book is to get anywhere in life, there's generally like three routes. So if you think of it like a club, I think that's kind of the three door general metaphor. You've got, the first door is the kind of like general admission queue where most people go and queue up. The second door is the VIP queue where kind of like you might have to get your name on a list or something. It's maybe a little bit quicker to get in than than the general queue. Like most clubs will have those kind of two queues at the front. But then there's also the fire exit or the back window or another way in there, which isn't the expected way, which isn't the route that everyone normally goes through. And quite often, if you can find a route in there, it's going to get you to where you want to be so much quicker than having to wait in line with everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw a TikTok with an interview with um, MIA recently, and she was talking yeah. about how she got into Central St. Martins. And uh, basically, she missed the application date. And you've got hundreds of thousands of people applying for 20 spots on the course. Uh, and she just started ringing the course director every lunchtime at exactly the same time uh, and eventually just got put on the course through. Like she missed the date. Like you're a crap, you're a crap student. Like you've done a really bad job, but then you make up for it by going in through that third door. Uh, I mean, it's a hack. It's unfair. It's unfair. But she was smart enough to do what it took. She knew she wanted to go there. She was like, oh shit, I've missed the date. So how am I going to get in? Let me find the third door. Calling and pestering the the course leader. It shows initiative. It shows moxie. It shows the fact that you've managed to find out their personal number from somewhere, which like is a lot of investigate. Like she showed that she really wanted it. She actually showed that she wanted it more than everyone else who'd been given a no who'd been told like, oh, you can't come in the VIP entrance and and we're booked out. Like you can't come in either of these doors. She found the yeah. third door. So anyway, Barry goes on to say, that day I went home and went bananas making lists of labels and managers. She's a music maker, agents and finding who worked for them, even if it was an assistant, finding who managed what producers and sent so many emails and DMs. I had one reply. That one reply got me one session. That one session got me a five track EP. That EP got me an indie record deal. And two music videos later, uh, she's done, done a song with Gurley, who we've had on the show, and Susie Wu. My life is in a completely different place. Looking back, it really was that three door strategy that gave me a new way and path to get my goals. Thanks so much for giving me one question to answer. It was my taking that advice and putting grit and action into that that made it all come true only up from here. She says, you can check out that EP that you had a magical fucking way of being a part of. Uh, and then she sent a Spotify link. So if you want to check out Berry's work, uh, go to Spotify, search Berry Galazaka, G-A-L-A-Z-K-A. Berry, sorry if I murdered your surname. And you can see, I mean, her views of her songs, she's got like 140,000 plays on this one, 90,000 plays on this one. So like she's doing it, it's starting to happen. Um, <laughs> You're welcome, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can take very little credit for that, but it's I, I, essentially that's that's what this podcast is. It's just that little catalyst. Um, mm -hmm. We we will never take any credit for anything that you guys do because it is lovely when we get the thank yous and stuff. But but really, it is all of the action of the of the listeners, and it's that word that keeps coming back over and over is action. It's like 
what we give you in this podcast. It's up to you guys what you do with it. And there's there's someone who just they just needed one little piece of advice, which is basically like just be a dog with a bone. Just go for it. Don't take no for an answer. Just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. She sent hundreds of emails and got only got one reply. And I think that's so important to remember. Like if you if you if you've sent a hundred emails this week, we'll send another hundred next week. It's like it's not going to happen overnight. Everyone's got their guard up. When I was talking to a creative about this the other day, everyone else has let you down and everything is difficult for you because of what everyone else has done. And if every single person that came to a a record producer and said, I'm going to be a star, I'm going to be the next big thing, and they actually were, then you'd have an easy job. But because everyone says, I'm going to be really successful, this is going to be massive, I'm working on this new project, it's going to be huge, and it never is, that means everyone has their guard up, everyone has gatekeepers that keep you from the decision makers because they can't afford to waste their time with everyone's big ideas and big promises. So it's it's natural they're going to have that resistance. If you actually put the action in and do start to make something really work and you can show people like, I'm not a one hit wonder. I And also you've got to find people that are willing to take a chance on you. That's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of convincing on your behalf. But we've got stone cold proof there from Barry that is absolutely possible. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, as you were talking there, like I wrote down a couple of things that I feel like we should touch upon. Um, the first thing I think is just having your one question. I think you talked about it recently on an intro where when you go and meet, when there's you have the chance to meet anyone, if you have, if you look up to someone and you maybe have the chance one day to meet them, have that one question in the bank. So when we say that, um, so if you get the opportunity, you absolutely make the most of it, which she did there. If she came into that situation with, a really silly question like uh what's your favorite song like that wouldn't have ever helped her it would never or have got even, her anywhere so or even like have you got any tips for instagram or something like that we could have given her yeah, like yeah, oh yeah. here's some hashtag research or whatever and it's like yeah it would have had maybe a small effect of gaining her a couple of, of followers but really yeah the, she asked the big question and she got big results from putting in the action yeah and then this, the second thing i've written down here is rules are made to filter out the average and i feel like that's why things are put in place because too many people get bombarded with too many things that aren't good enough like that's why you have to send massive cvs and cover letters for every single job you apply for because they're there to make sure that because most people who apply for a job aren't good enough for that job that's just the general case when you think of like the amount of cvs and stuff that come through so it's like that's filtering out the average whereas actually as soon as you come into it in a different way like I remember when we had um, my friend Charlie Osborne on the show and he kind of talked about how his route to get a job wasn't to do the same route that everyone else did. It was to go door to door from the actual design agencies he wanted to work for and try and have actual conversations with the people who wanted he wanted to work with. And it's like, that's not the normal route. That's not the route that everyone else would follow. It's trying to think of those other routes that are going to impress the people that you want to work with a lot more. Yeah, Bruce Daisley said uh, said that in his interview with us that he made a comic strip as his CV and sent that around to people using, this was in the 90s, using a photocopier to change one frame at the beginning that had a different place of work. So it looked like he had drawn an original comic for every single place that he applied. It's just that little bit extra. We've spoken before on the show about someone who applied to us with a, a video um and that stood out above everyone else. She was the only person who sent in a video application. It was well edited. It was well thought out. It had a banging soundtrack to it. Everything on it was really smooth and slick. And it's like, of of course, like I, she basically got offered the job on the spot because she was demonstrating in one video everything that she brought to the table. I didn't, and and that took the effort away from me. I didn't have to read another CV. I didn't have to go through all of this list of of things that, oh, I work well as part of a team. Like, okay, yeah, well, I've read that on the past 500 CVs that have, uh, have come through. She was different. She was engaging. And and again, that that taking the effort off of me. I, I recently put up on Instagram, I was looking for models to shoot for some paintings. Like I needed some references for some paintings that I want to make. And so many people DMing me with private Instagram accounts. And it's like, so now I yeah. have to spend the effort going through. And it's like, it's like, yes, I know I was the one asking, but like I had an abundance of people to choose from. I had a lot of people applying from it for it. So I'm not then going to spend the effort going through to pe- people like that is just an icon that might be the pers- kind of person that I'm looking at might not be to then go, okay, well, can you take your pri- profile off private or can you send me some pictures? I don't have time to reply to yeah. everyone to do that. If you want to do something, 
show the people that you can do it. It's like when we think about that person that sent us the video thing, they sent us something that we were like, wow, that could make our business better. Whereas most people, like we're not interested in how well they can write a CV or how well they can write a cover letter. Obviously there's a level of importance there, but if you can wow someone with what you can actually do. So like, for example, if like I, for example, I wanted to be the model for your thing, then what I would have done is I'd have gone and found some colored lights and I've taken a photo and basically tried to recreate one of your pictures myself to say like, look, this is so, like, make it as easy for you as possible to pick me because you'll be like, wow, that looks really good. So it almost proves it, you don't even have to take the gamble on it because yeah. that person's already gone and showed you they do it. So if you want to work in social media for a certain brand, I would go and make a fan page for that so for that person and then grow that following significantly and then be like, look, look, this is what I've done in this amount of time. Imagine what I could do if I had your actual account. It's just proving to people that you can already do it with the skills and talent that you already have. Yeah, I saw a kid recently who was applying for a job at a shoe store and created like a fake Instagram account and was like, this is what I'll do with your Instagram account. Perfect. You've shown you've yeah. shown me I don't have to wait till you I don't have to wait for you to to get the project to prove that you can do it. You've already shown me that you can do it. And especially like if you're starting your career as well and you don't have a big portfolio behind you, you can't say, well, I've done social media for this brand, this brand, this brand. I've grown these different accounts to these different levels. Then you've got to be creative with what you actually have available. So it's like, yeah, be smart with what you have and make the absolute most of it. Because the first thing I want to talk about, I was watching a, a really interesting documentary the other day um, on the Brixton riots. And I didn't really know too much about the Brixton riots beforehand. Like, obviously, remember the riots that happened like not too long ago. And actually, where I am right now is where the, they started. Um, but yeah, one thing that someone said in that program just like really stuck out to me. It was like one person who was involved in the riots at the time was kind of arrested for like violence and things. Uh, but he said it was all about just kind of like making ourselves known. And he basically said that even if nothing changed by what they were doing, they put their flag in the ground to let people know what they're about and what they believe in and i was like that's just so powerful like even if you can't make a change just making a start letting people know that you're there i think is like the most important thing and i think it's something that everyone should do is just making people know that you're there because it's like no matter how talented you are how much drive you've got to become whatever you want to become whatever change you want to make in the world it's all got to start with making that first plant and it's like unless someone can see like oh what is this thing that's flying here like then a second flag and a third flag and a fourth flag can't come from that and I think we talk about on the show all the time about planting flags like as you go along but I think it's even if that flag doesn't make a huge change it's, it's so important to just make that first one just to make yourself just to make yourself visible to other people and I think that can even just be just declaring that you are a something it's like if you want to become a photographer, if you want to become a painter, if you want to become a dancer, just by kind of almost like just changing your bio on a social media platform to say that I am this. Or when you introduce yourself to people and they say like, oh, so what do you do? Which is what most people generally say when you first meet someone. You say, I am this. I think it's that first little kind of like change in mindset that is going to set you off to such a better route. Yeah, there's a couple of, of things with that, isn't there? It, it's, um, I know there's a lot of people that are into neuroscience that talk about the more that you establish something within your own brain, the more that your cognitive bias will kind of catch up with it and try and make it true and prove it to yourself. So, and, and I suppose it's a little bit fake it before you make it. If you, if you don't feel like you're an artist and it only feels a bit cringe to introduce yourself as an artist, carry on with it, keep going through it because the more that your brain hears the words, I am an artist. The repetition is forming in your brain these patterns that your brain will, after hearing it for so long, because that's what people talk about, negative self-talk, isn't it? Of going, oh, I am stupid yeah. and all of these things. The more that you hear it, the more that you start to believe it. And then they say, never talk to yourself like you would, like always talk to yourself like you talk to one of your friends, like never talk to yourself in, in a way that you would never say to your friend. And because you need to be friends with yourself. Um, but yeah, just, just saying that career choice of whatever it is that you want to do over and over will establish it in your brain. I've said that six times now, so hopefully that's established it in everyone's brain. <laughs> and that reminds me of the, I'll believe it when I see it is a, is a 
classic phrase, you flip that and say, I'll see it when I believe it. So as soon as you start believing in something, you will see it happen in the world. Uh, And it all sounds very airy-fairy, but there is a lot of science to sort of back it up of the more you say these things, the more they will become true. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think about kind of like my own personal journey over the past few years and like remembering the kind of like period when I was like, when someone says, what do you do? And I'd now say, oh, I'm a photographer. And that'd be the first thing that I say, whereas I feel like it took a long time to, for that to become the first thing that I would say and the first thing that I would go and do. And then even like recently, I've kind of, because I kind of changed my Instagram accounts around where I kind of had, which was just my name, kind of to a separate account that was more kind of around what I was more focusing on at the time. And then now I've kind of moved it back to my photography because I'm like, actually, this is who I am. This is what I'm putting out in the world. And I think just being kind of like certain about who you are and what you want to create just helps you focus so much more because you're not kind of all over the place. And yeah, I've seen like a massive transition now where everything that I'm doing, I'm like, okay, well, how is this all feeding into this? And and also it's interesting because it's like when you speak to people who don't know who you are, and we had a really interesting conversation for an upcoming guest yesterday. And we're talking about your story and how people only know who you are when they know your story. And that made me think, it's like, well, most people, when they kind of like come into my studio and I tell them about like the podcast and like the other companies that we've started, they're like, oh my God, like I had no idea that you did that. And that's because I probably don't tell that story well enough. And it's to everyone else, I am a photographer. That's what people, other people see me as first. Whereas I feel like sometimes it takes a while for that to actually catch up to you to make you realize. Um, so I think that can also be an interesting study is like, just ask other people what it is they think you do. Because I think as soon as you start to hear that from other people, that helps you believe it more. And I think how that self-belief, obviously it's self-belief, so it's coming from yourself. But I think the way you can really build that is by hearing what you think from other people. That kind of like cements it in. Because you can tell yourself something so many times. But I think it helps so much. As soon as you start to hear it from other people, that's when it kind of like really like concretes it. Yeah, and those other people who can't do the things that you do will be so impressed by it because I think so many of us, we spend every day with our creative endeavours and we're so used to it. We're used to the process. We're used to the tools. Everything is around us and, and it's something that we do and we're, we're well aware of the elites that do it 10 times better than us. And so we kind of talk ourselves down and, and don't think that we're anything special. But as soon as you talk to the people who don't do what you do, they'll actually remind you, no, I get I get X, Y, and Z from your work because I, I can't do it and I think it's amazing and I love how you do this and I love how you do that. So getting that feedback is is really important. And I think to back to the the point about the the Brixton riots and and putting your flag in the ground and starting to make that change, every journey starts with with a first step and the Brixton riots did have a, a, a huge effect because these these first flags are are the the first times that we see that there's injustice and there's things going on that are just not right that are not fair um and in the beginning I bet a lot of people weren't listening and I bet I, I would imagine they probably went into it into the documentary of of I'm sure there was so much more like on the side of against the people who are rioting. Yeah, it's, it was interesting as you're saying that because, yeah, in this documentary, they did touch upon the fact that every newspaper was generally ran by white middle-class people who were against, they were on the, the side of the police in this situation. And, like, the more they were talking about it, they were really kind of victimising the people in Brixton who were kind of causing these riots. And they were like, well, actually, the media attention that that's bringing to it even though we seem to be in the negative here, is putting, shedding light on it around the world. Like it was kind of popping up in like American newspapers and stuff because it was so big in the UK media that it then shone this light around the world of actually this is happening. And even though they were kind of put in the negative, even though they weren't doing anything wrong, it shone so much light and it made such a change for the world to be aware that this was happening. And I think that's kind of like the importance of anything. It's like, awareness needs to happen first as soon as people are aware that there's an issue that there's a problem that there's something that needs changing that you exist even if it's like going from taking it from that to a completely creative thing it's like the fact that you're a painter you're an artist you're a creative like will you do what you do just letting the world know that 
can like even if nothing happens at least people are now aware and it gives a chance for something else to happen going forward mm. whereas if you don't plant that first flag then nothing will ever happen yeah i i mean i i think back to that picture of greta thunberg on on the first time that she ever did a, a school strike and it's just her and a cardboard sign and now it's a it's a massive kind of global movement and worldwide that, movement yeah that could have been just a meme that sort of surfaced of here's one kid at one time that did it's it's like it's so funny how sometimes there is a lot of luck involved in something completely catching fire and, and this is like not related to climate change but the other day um i was um someone said something that sounded like into the thick of it and i said uh into the thick of it and the other person I was in the room with went TikTok joke. And only the two of us understood it because we are on TikTok. And if you are on TikTok and you're listening to this, you'll understand into the thick of it. And if you're not on TikTok, that will have absolutely no meaning to you. But I was talking to Yana <laughs> and I was saying, isn't it funny how just this obscure song from whenever, probably recorded in the 50s or 60s or something, has now become this totally viral sound on TikTok. And currently there are 10 songs being uploaded that are really obscure, like weird, that could become an absolute global phenomenon depending on the second that they're uploaded, depending on whose feed it goes into, who likes and interacts it on that first post that will give it that momentum to actually become a viral sound. And there's a lot that could have been world famous and just won't be. And it's so weird how just timing, it's like if you... When you are planting your flags, if your flag is an Instagram post, and to just just a quick brief description of flags, we talk about flags as being the content that you make, the every meeting with a person, every kind of thing that you do that promotes you as a creative is planting a flag. So there's if you have a viral video, that's a huge number of flags because a huge amount of people have become aware of you in some capacity. If you meet someone on the street and you give them a business card, that's a flag that one person has seen because they're now aware of what you do. And so when you're uploading a post to Instagram, that is a flag. And depending on whether you upload it at 601 or 603 could be the difference between it being something that a million people see and 25 people see depending on what happens with the algorithm it's just luck it's just chance but i suppose the the brixton riots the greta thunberg it doesn't stop with that one show that one protest that one flag that one piece of work that one painting that one instagram post it doesn't stop there the more flags you post the more chances at bat you have the more chances you have to be seen, to be discovered, to be heard for your cause or your work or your career to gain momentum. This is really making me think as well of what we're, what we're talking about with Mark Randolph, how he was kind of very much like ideas, like ideas are useless. But I think ideas are only useless until action is put into it, which is kind of like the point he was getting across. But with those flags, it's like if you've got an idea that you want to share and you plant a flag that lots of people see and it gives them that idea too, then a certain percentage of people will take action. It will generally be small, but the more people who see that will take action. And I think it's, you can break this down to even like a social media post. Like people are going to see it, a small amount of people are going to engage with it. And an even smaller amount of people might then go and take action, hire you, do share it, do whatever. But it's like, if you've got an idea, if you've got something you want to promote, the more people you can get to see it, the more ideas that's going to spread, the more people have the chance to make action on it. And it all comes down to like making that probability as big as possible. Because when we, what we're talking about with the songs is the times it's posted, the 601, 603, 605 could make a huge difference to how that goes. But that's also based on everything else that happens in the world. So there's something we can't control. But what we can do is increase the probability of that happening. And we can either do that by kind of really analyzing everything and breaking down when everything's ever kind of popped and spent all of our time researching or we can just keep making more we can keep putting more flags out we can keep making more songs we can be like <clears throat> instead of putting one song out a month let's try and get 10 songs out a month then we've increased our chance of popping 10 times and i think this is where people get wrong is they spend too much time in the analysis side of things trying to be like oh i'm going to spend the next 10 hours going through to work out what's the best time to post on Instagram today? Whereas actually, if you spend that 10 hours making two more Instagram posts, I can guarantee that's going to give you better results than spending 10 hours just trying to find one little thing. 
And also by doing that, you're going to improve your craft as well, which means you're going to develop skills that are going to last and grow and kind of compound over time. So I think just doing is so much more important than just sitting watching. And this comes back to all the idea of like ideas and action as well. It's like, don't just sit on the ideas, start putting in the action, start doing the thing, start putting stuff out over and over again. Yeah, I mean, and I, I never have the expectation that anything is going to pop as well. It's like, I, I called Lucy Werner when the whole Ed Sheeran thing happened. And I was like, Lucy, yeah. I think I'm going to go and scribble out Ed Sheeran's advert in Shoreditch. Do you think this is a good news story? And she was like, I think it's an incredible news story. I think that could get picked up by this site, this site, this site, all these various like national press. She was like, you could get you could get absolutely huge attention from doing this. So I got up at 5am, met Jay, we went and filmed the entire thing. I went and like did a big neon line across uh, Ed Sheeran's ripoff of my work. And then I followed all of Lucy's instructions. She told me who to contact, all of the people in the press, blah, blah, blah. I did all of my press release. I sent out images, high res, low res. I did the works. And at the same time, Matt Hancock had been discovered being funny in a cupboard and all of the press went on Matt Hancock and it was just bad timing. So I was like, okay, fine, we move on. It's like my eggs were not all in the Ed Sheeran basket. I had another video the next day. I was ready to go. It's like, I I think we, like, because we are in this fast consumption world, you can't get too attached with your stuff. Like once it's out there, it's out there. And if it flies, amazing. If it doesn't, your next piece has just as much chance to fly. So you've, you've just got to try it. You've just got to throw it out there. Yeah, I was having this conversation with someone the other day where, because I used to spend so much time on the analysis side, working out all the best times to post and worrying yeah. about that kind of thing. And now I'm just like, I'm just going to post when I want, like, because someone's going to see it. And all it takes is for one person to see it and share it with the right person and that's going to make a difference. So some days I'll put out three posts, even though I know by putting out three posts on my own feed, they're never going to get as many likes as if I just put one out because I know that's being split between different people. But then it's like, well, they're three different images. Like they're going to resonate with different people differently. So why don't I just get it all out? And also by putting three out, that's then made me create more which is then I'm now moving on to the next thing and it just helps you evolve quicker and evolve quicker. Um, so I think, yeah, there's so much pressure that people put on themselves to make sure everything's perfect, to make sure the caption's absolutely bang on and everything's just exactly as it should be. But it's just like, just get out and move on with the next thing and just keep creating. I think like that's the idea at the end of this is just like the more you can create, the better. Yes, absolutely. So um, moving on to something I wanted to talk about. I was listening to something recently and someone from Pepsi was on there. It was a podcast. Someone from Pepsi was on there. And he, I, I think when you work for a corporate company, it's very easy to fall into corporate speak and catchphrases and things that don't actually really mean much. And he said, at Pepsi, we're just looking to drive more smiles. Ah, oh, I cringe just saying it. Drive more smiles. It, it <laughs> like... Like you don't drive smiles, like driving something is like you, like you drive sales and they've just replaced the word sales with smiles. I mean, fuck off, come on. (laughs) And then it got me thinking of like what brands actually really do drive smiles. When I think of something like Lucy and Yak, they produce a product that that has a really loyal fan base that and it does make them smile like the, the everything about the brand, the ethos, the the sustainability the, the bright colours, like people smile when they're wearing those dungarees. And then I was thinking about sort of how, how few brands there are out there that actually do drive more smiles. And then I thought about a brand that has been driving smiles recently and, and really incredibly, which is the English football team. Now, you know me, Adam, you've known me for many years and... Yep. Um, what, out Which is of, why I'm very surprised that you're talking about the English football team. Out of 10, how would you rate my football knowledge? Uh, I feel like your football, uh, easily one, uh, but your football knowledge definitely lives around the realm of like 1996. I feel like you can name about 10 players from that era, but apart from that, you've no idea. I, I think probably less than 10, but um, the last time I watched <laughs> any sort of football was in 1996, and that was because I felt bullied at school if I hadn't. Uh, seen what was going on because it's all anyone was talking about so I felt like I needed to be able to go and say David Beckham and offside and things like that to uh, not get beaten up but 
I have had literally no interest in football. But I watched the um, whatever it was Euro football game. Yeah, yeah, Euro final. Yeah, I watched that um, because of the press, because of the just because of the team and the the brand that they're starting to establish. I mean, one thing that made me love them was uh, I saw someone on Twitter calling them woke. And I was just like, well, great. Oh, I think that's fucking good. Because they were using it as a derogatory term of like, yeah, yeah. or woke idiots or snowflakes or whatever you want to say. And I was just like, well, great. Because I know David Beckham has done like charity work and stuff like that. But when you actually look at the percentage of his wage that Marcus Rashford gives away and all of the charity yeah. work that those kids have done, it's fucking incredible, man. And I just thought there is a brand, like there is a brand that actually got me a, a someone who is not interested in football interested enough to watch a fucking game of it to with, with like ooing and ahhing wanting them to score goals in the goal box like i i was interested yeah. this specific england team i watched it and i feel like a lot of people feel exactly the same as well like i didn't want them to win for oh i want england to win so we can win it's like, I want them to win because they deserve to win. Oh. And I think it was that different mindset of like, oh yeah, come on, do it for us, was very different this year. And I feel like that's because it's a team that have come together who you're like, I just want, like, I don't care what country you're from. Like if you were, a, if that this was an Italian team who I'd watch them kind of like come up and just be really great together and go through lots of turmoil really help people i was like you deserve to win like yeah. just based on if you won the nice people awards like i feel like that is a team of people who like it's just it's you it just deserve something and i think like even just like running up being even coming second in that competition was like for those guys i'm sure obviously they would have loved to win but it was the most success we've had in so long and it was done by nice people as well. And I think as soon as you've got that little balance of like successful and nice, I feel like you don't often get the two come hand in hand. But when you do, it's like there's something special there. And I think that's what's great about the current team is. And I also to kind of like flip on its head as well, I feel like it's not just the new team. I feel like it's the kind of younger generation coming up as well. I think there's so much, especially like watching TikToks, watching people of that kind of younger generation being like there's so much fucking hope here like they're so smart they know like they're so on it with kind of equality making the world a better place and i think that's what this england rep and i think that's what this england team represents is making things better and yeah i think that's probably why it kind of like it's, it's the story i suppose of like making things nicer for the world that we want to follow along with and because they've managed to tell such a great story within the team and within kind of everything that they've done, I think that makes us care about things a lot more rather than just like it being a sporting game. Yeah, just a, a lovely bunch of boys. And and I mean, it goes back to when you're mentioning about TikTok and stuff like that, it goes back to the point of Gen Z now realises that through using a platform like TikTok, the chance of that first flag or making a difference or making a change is, is really lo- like really achievable because they've watched thousands of people go on that app and and grow hugely and have their their messages or their work like massively amplified by that platform and again i say if you are not on tiktok get on fucking tiktok it's still not too late um i met an artist uh this week who um is fully booked for the next year uh she's a like a new graduate she's called at juno harvey art Juno Harvey are on Instagram and TikTok. And she posted like her third TikTok went completely viral, had 1.1 million views. Off of the back of that, her account's really grown on there. She does watercolor paintings of houses. Um, and she's booked up fully for a year. And she said to me, she was like, a hundred percent, I wouldn't be booked up for a year if it wasn't for TikTok. And I just think that's that's it's so amazing. Like that's someone's living taken care of for the next year she's safe and anything like she's like so fully booked so anything else that comes in now can go on a waiting list any posts that she makes now any commissions that she's working on that she then puts up onto her tiktok 
is then going to further that momentum, further the interest of people. If we if we think of it like the inverted pyramid of the people at the top are the people that are aware of your work, the people at the bottom of the pyramid are the people that are actually going to buy from you. She's getting more and more people into her inverted pyramid that are becoming aware of her stuff. Like just amazing, just through being open to posting on one app. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think it's it's funny because when I think back to like the when Instagram first started and you see all the people who are now living what seems like a really great life because they're now influencers on Instagram in whatever field that they loved at the time to make an Instagram account about. It's like that happened then. And those people, it's just because they went and did it. And it's funny. It's like the amount of people now who like, I used to be part of like lots of different like travel groups and stuff on Instagram with like other travel photographers. And so many of them are now just traveling in the world, videoing hotels. And I'm literally, I've gone from like, being like their peers where we're all kind of like just trying to do something and they just carried on with it and then now they're literally living the thing that they all wanted to do years ago and it wasn't quick it's probably taken like four years for them to put us probably it's probably about the three-year rule actually when I think about it uh, of them putting in all that graft for three years before it really flipped into them doing it professionally but yeah now I've got loads of people that I follow on Instagram who I it's just so nice to watch them living their dream because they've put in that work consistently over the past few years. But I think with Instagram, it's now harder to do that because it's such a massive platform and the growth is a lot smaller. Whereas TikTok is that five years ago. It's those people who you start now, you start making the consistent content for a few years. And like in the short term, you might get one that pops. I think that's that's the difference between, um, that's the difference between TikTok, I suppose, is it's going to be, I think, go into it thinking, okay, three years of just posting consistently and then I'll be able to do whatever I want. My dream thing that I spent the last three years growing this thing and that's going to happen. But the magic of a TikTok is you're kind of in this random lottery as well of like at any point, one of your videos could just get popped and it's going to massively shortcut that whole process. I don't think there's anything else at the moment that has that same opportunity that's just like free. Like yeah. it doesn't cost you anything to go onto TikTok, post a video every day. It just takes your time. And as I was talking about earlier as well, it's like, it's your time. But if you're constantly making and you're constantly doing the thing that you love to do, you're also improving your craft constantly. And the more time you can put into improving that craft gets you closer to where you want to be as well. But then also with this little magical chance that somewhere in there, the algorithm is just going to give you a little pop and it's going to get you exposed to so many people and it's only going to happen if you do it mm. it's like it might happen like her on a third time like there's someone that i know who maybe their fourth or fifth tiktok video blew up and got like over a million views and since then they've got continuous brand deals come through off this one video that happened and they don't even have many followers but because they got that one video blown up hit the eyes of loads of bigger brands now she gets constant brand deals and it's, it's like just from one it's so funny isn't it it's it's because the variable is always going to be the work because i when i sat down with juno i was looking at her views and if you add up all of her views she's probably got about two million views and that has translated to her getting thirty thousand followers so she's thirty thousand on tiktok i'm sixty thousand on on tiktok but i've had probably like 10 million views so it goes to show that her work, there's something about it that is retaining people a lot more than mine yeah. is. Um, and although I'm having videos that are being seen by many, many millions of people and I've had, I've had a few that have blown up and gone absolutely massive on there, my retention rate is a lot, is a lot less than hers in terms of eyeballs that have, that, that have actually then translated into followers, which is really interesting to look at. So um, although like I'm doing fine, I'm not complaining, but like my work is not as sticky as Juno's work is and I suppose that's just and that's the way the world is I think that's just the way that all things are you can't expect everything you do to be loved by everyone and that's the important thing to realize as well like don't beat yourself up when you don't get as many likes or as other people like when we had James Lewis on the show he's got over a million on TikTok and Instagram as well and what he does is so satisfying to watch and it but it also hits a really large like broad audience whereas if you're doing something a bit more specific don't expect everyone to love it but everyone doesn't need to love it that's the important thing it just needs to be put in front of the right people and I think 
what is wonderful about algorithms, especially the TikTok algorithm, is the fact that it takes a while to learn who you are, what kind of people like your thing, and then it will start showing it to those people. So yeah, I, I think again, like we'll get we get beat ourselves up really quickly where we're like, oh, we've been putting this stuff out, but it's just not hitting the people that I need it to yet. It's not it's probably because your content hasn't trained the algorithm enough yet to realize who it's actually for. So if you put out work that is so like, oh, a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of that, you just gotta think like, imagine you're the TikTok robot trying to work out which way to send this. It's like I've I don't know what to do with this. So I think like by just kind of sticking to a thing that you like and just keep doing that eventually the algorithm will work out what kind of people like this and it will show it to them so be as be as kind make it as easy for the algorithm as possible it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about at the start when it comes to like applying for jobs and stuff it's like just make it as easy for it as possible let it know like make this is the kind of work i make for these kind of people and if i keep doing that it's going to keep getting shown to those kind of people and if those are the kind of people who buy from you perfect like that's exactly what you want to be getting yourself into like trying to hit an audience that could actually potentially buy your thing so you can turn what this thing you're doing into a career yeah i was talking to a, an artist recently about the importance of a mailing list and i i know through my mailing list that i have 80,000 instagram followers that are maybe some of them might buy but i have a 1500 mailing list applicants who yeah, yeah. are much more likely to buy because they've shown that interest and they've signed up they've signed up there i think i and i would get tomorrow i would get rid of the vanity figure of 80k if all i could have was a thousand followers that each each one i knew was potentially going to buy some buy something and and keep me in a job um i think that that it's knowing your actual audience of people that are going to because I think that's a thing that a lot of people struggle with. Certainly this artist that I was t talking to, she, she's got a thousand Instagram followers and yet she doesn't know who of them just want to look at her work and who of them are actually interested yeah. to buy. So having a mailing list allows you to, to siphon those people off. And then when the inevitable fall of Instagram comes, you can then take those people with you to whatever new platform you go to. You've got their information. You send them out a mail and say, I'm on this new platform and they'll they'll come with you. Yeah, it's interesting. I think in the other day as well, like I don't know how actual practical it'd be and it's something I've not experimented with, but if you had a mailing list that you had to pay a pound to join, I think that would be a really interesting thing because it's like, it's only a pound. So it's not a lot of money at all. But the difference between someone signing up and not is the difference between that person potentially purchasing something and not. I think especially with like your work where it's not like really cheap, it's like actually a premium product that I would pay a pound to have the chance to buy a yeah, premium product. Yeah. yeah, and then that massively like sets you apart between, and also just by being a part of that club, I think that adds a level of status to people as well, which is something they'd want to be a part of. Um, and obviously like you could make it a bit more, but like, it would just really kind of qualify like who's actually on this mailing list and how what the chance they have of like going forward and then the actual value of that mailing list because yeah i think mailing lists are so important it's interesting because i've got a mailing list of maybe like not as big as yours maybe maybe like 600 or something and i don't i've only had to use it once and because i'm generally like quite booked out in advance anyway but i was like i'm just going to do a test put on there and got like four bookings within like five minutes of it uh, launching so it's great to know that if ever i need it that's just there so I'm like cool I'm gonna drop this out and you can guarantee some bookings come back because you know that the people who've joined that mailing list are so hot so ready to buy that like yeah it's, it's I think it's something that a lot more people should think about and I think it's something that people have been talking about for years about how important it is to have a mailing list how important it is to have have an audience that's off social media so it's in something that you can control it's like your little pocket of people that you'd know that these people actually will buy from me because they've already shown that interest. Um, but yeah, I think it's something that more people should do. Even if you've got two people in your mailing list, that's that gives you a good idea of like, hey, well, this is how many people are going to buy from me. And then that can also help inform your decision of like, if you're currently working in a job and you're thinking of maybe do I leave? Then it's like, well, how many people can you get into a mailing list? That's quite a good way to kind of like judge whether it's time to move or not. Because if you can get a thousand people come over to your mailing list and sign up for it, because that's where they're going to find out about how to buy stuff. That's a pretty good judge of like how many like true fans you've got. When it comes down to the Kevin Kelly thousand true fans, 
that's probably the, one of the easiest ways you can determine are these people actually true fans or not compared to just people who are willing to like follow you on a social media platform and like the odd thing yeah and and treat those mailing list signups that they are your most important people because they're your customers they're your patrons um so if you're doing a giveaway don't do it on instagram to get more followers do it exclusively for your mailing list Make those people yeah. on the mailing list feel special. Announce it on your Instagram that you're doing a giveaway, but that the giveaway happens to anyone who signed up to your mailing list. Grow those people, grow the the people that are interested enough to take 30 seconds to put all of their details in because they're the people that you want around you, not just kind of vapid uh, followers that are kind of semi-aware of you and are, and are going to like like your work sometimes. You want the people who are going to keep you able to do what it is you love and and allow you to keep on their journey they're they're precious people so you need to look after them as much as possible um so to wrap up this episode um it's just one more little thing i want to talk about and that's the loki tv series uh, which i don't know if you've watched on disney plus i have seen about 30 seconds of it because billikis was watching it um and it w- had very much doctor who vibes for me it seemed kind of like quite campy and funny um, yeah it's it's such it. a brilliant show it's like it's one i decorate it's one i definitely recommend everyone watches even if you've never really watched any marvel stuff i feel like it's got this just really kind of like fun deep tv show with kind of lots of little like kind of twists and turns and quite an interesting universe that they're setting up and it's also renewed for season two so i was like as soon as you know something's got a season two to start with you're like okay well i'm actually going to give this a go because i hate when they just cut a, cut a show short um but i was watching that the other day and um one of the characters in it said something and i was just like oh that is a that's a nice little tasty phrase there uh, so they said you can't get to the end until you've been changed by the journey and i was just like oh that's that's really interesting because it's like we have these ideas of like where we want to get to and it's the journey along the way that's going to change us in some way for us to be able to get there and if we just went into it and we came out the same we wouldn't ever, nothing will have changed. We wouldn't be at the end, but we'll be exactly where we started. And I think it's just that idea of change and how we talk about enjoying the process and how that the process is an element of change within ourselves. And it's shaking ourselves to from who we are now to who's the person that we would like to be in the future is. Or it might even be the, a person in the future that we don't know yet because we might have an idea or like a goal or a vision, like a uh, we might manifest, we might have manifested something of this is the kind of person I'd like to be. But it's not until we actually go on that journey that we really start to work out who we are and we don't know what things are going to come along the way that are going to change us. But by the end of it, you are going to have completely changed. You're not going to be the same person you were at the start. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And and you're never going to be able to predict it either. I think when I think back to being sort of 18 years old, I I knew I wanted to paint and that has and that has come to pass i am a painter uh and i feel like i always will be a painter or or making visual art of some form but the the process like this very show for example coming out of that process and everything that i've learned through painting that has and and then through painting running a business and through running a business starting this podcast like it's impossible to plan that journey it's impossible to know that that's going to happen it's just following those little threads when they when they spark up in your life and they they kind of generate some interest for you and you just pull on them and see where they go and had we done six episodes of this podcast and realized that it wasn't fulfilling or we weren't getting much out of it then we we would have stopped but we haven't and it's gone on to to really like change our lives and as we continue that that's the interesting thing of knowing knowing that we put out an episode every week knowing that in three years time if we put out an episode every week for the next three years from that energy that's being put out into the world something will be generated but we have no way of predicting what that might be which is yeah exciting and they say like we we mentioned it quite a lot like if you do the same things you'll get the same results so it's like well let's just try something different let's try and like if by doing something that's going to change you in some way that's going to be something that's different to what you expect maybe go and do that because 
if you know the outcome before you've even started, then what's the point in going to do that? And I think that's kind of where things get really interesting. And I think where especially a creative career can really evolve is when you just start doing things, you start trying things, you start thinking, how can I change this? Then yeah, really interesting things come from that. Like currently and what you're talking and what we're talking about with goals as well, when I think about like what my goal was a year ago, it that's changed again. And it's now I'm th- the goal that I have now is very different to what I had a year ago, but is a progression of what I've accomplished within the past year. And I think that's the nice thing about life is it's like it's always changing and it's embracing that change. It's embracing the process, as we say all the time. But it's like, what is a good process? And then I suppose if we could go back to the Tyler Babin episode where we're talking so heavily about process, but then also talking about story. But what makes a good story? Change makes a good story. So it's kind of tying all that in and realizing that by changing yourself, like, and we always kind of say like, oh, don't change, like be you. But actually you should change. You should try and evolve yourself. Like you don't want to be the person that you were born as. You want to be the person that's influenced by all the experiences you've had in your life. So by putting yourself in situations where you can have more experiences, it's going to cause more change, which is going to evolve you, enrich you, and just lead to a much more kind of rounded, fulfilled life. Yeah, a hundred percent, and and that's what I want for everyone. Um, and and that doesn't come unless you start taking those steps. If if you like you said of of like you're just going to become stagnant if you if you stay always doing what's safe, never never taking that risk, never never trying something new. Um, that's that's where the change is is going to come. And I am not a fan of the Marvel universe. I think the Avengers type movies are awful. Um, but <laughs> to, uh, it's just not my bag. I just I just don't like it. Nothing compares to the Dark Knight. Um, that is the the my gold standard for a comic book movie. And everything that Marvel has done has uh, let me down. But um, the fact that that uh, deep knowledge came from a Marvel franchise maybe i will give uh loki a look but um but yeah hopefully this has been useful to you guys and uh please let us know like if you enjoyed this episode let us know post it in your stories tag us on instagram um at rebels create send us a send us a dm let us know if you enjoy these episodes and if you want us to do more uh because we if you don't then we won't do it it's like literally we only do what you guys ask for so let us know this is your show just as much as it is ours 